Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and I was raised Catholic, Roman Catholic. Fortunately, God saw it fit to guide me to the true salvation of Jesus Christ and to reveal to me, via the Holy Spirit, all the lies taught by the Roman Catholic Church. In these next few podcasts and blogs, I will delve deep into the past and uncover where the Church went astray and separated from the real, true faith taught in the Gospels, the Book of Acts, and the Epistles in the New Testament. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart and eyes and mind to understand what His Spirit is trying to tell you. The episode will begin after a short message. Growing up Catholic, there were pictures of the Virgin Mary everywhere. I had bookmarks, there were statues and pictures. We even had a fake Pieta, the classic Michelangelo sculpture of Mary holding the body of Jesus. Mom later made a grotto in her yard in Puerto Rico for a statue of Mary. Before I get into everything that's wrong with how the Catholic Church venerates or worships Mary, I want to present the biblical truth about her. We'll start with the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Mary isn't mentioned by name in the Old Testament at all. What we do have is the prophet Isaiah's prediction of the Savior's birth. It's a passage we hear a lot at Christmas time. Isaiah was speaking to uh, King Ahaz of Judah, and this was when there were two kingdoms, trying to calm him down. Ahaz was worried about an invasion from Syria and Israel, and he wasn't paying attention to what Isaiah was telling him. So I'm reading from Isaiah 7, 13 through 14. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin, or young woman, will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Which brings us to the Annunciation. So let's set the stage. And you can read all this in um, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, and there's a link to it in my blog. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. So they were, they were good Jewish people. Okay. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. They were both very old. That's Luke 1, 6 through 7. So we have the old priest, Zechariah, who is told by the angel Gabriel that his wife, Elizabeth, will conceive a son in her old age who will proclaim the coming of the Savior. That's John the Baptist. Here's where Mary's story starts because Elizabeth was her cousin. Okay, and I'm going to read from Luke 1, starting verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. 
Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, now Mary's a good Jewish girl, so she has heard the scriptures and she has heard what all this means, you know, from the Old Testament where Jesus was predicted and announced. But Mary asks the angel, of course, she knows, I mean, she's what he's, the angel saying to her is explaining, you know, okay, you're going to be the fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. But <laughs> Mary just worried like, uh, I'm a virgin. <laughs> so <laughs> how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So Mary visits Elizabeth. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Then Mary's song of praise, also known as the Magnificat, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She's admitting she needs a savior. Continuing verse 48. For he took notice of this of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. Blessed also means happy. Not holy or set apart. Cuz then we go in verse 49 for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. That again was Luke 1, verses 26 to 56. Next, we have Joseph's dream. Mary was engaged to Joseph and now she's pregnant and not by Joseph. 
he's got a problem. Should he break the engagement? So we read from Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 25. As he considered this, breaking the engagement, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That is the verse from Isaiah that I read just before. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. And that was Matthew 1, 20 through 25. Look at that. Joseph did not have marital relations with his wife until after Jesus was born. Mary had other children. We see in the Gospels and some epistles the reference to Jesus' brothers and sisters. So Jesus did have blood brothers and sisters, not cousins. Okay? So I'm going to go through some of these um, uh, gospel verses. Mark 6, 3. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. John 7, 1 through 5. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters, and Jesus' brothers, bro, Jesus's brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Mark 3, 31 to 35. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with him. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. And Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. That's Mark 3, 31 through 35. Jesus puts his mother and brothers in the same level as his followers and his believers. The wedding in Cana. In John 2 is the story of Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine. His mother Mary was there and may very well have been the wedding planner. I go into more detail in a podcast that I did um, back in January, and I've got that embedded into my blog, so if you click on over there, you can listen to that. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. That's John 2, 12. 
at the cross, standing near the cross were Jesus, were Jesus's mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there besides the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his, this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. That was John 19, 25 to 27. Interesting that Jesus doesn't address her as mother. He says, dear woman. After the resurrection, after Jesus ascended to heaven, we have in Acts 1, 14, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. And at that time, there were about 120 believers until Pentecost. Paul refers to Jesus' brothers twice. 1 Corinthians 9, 5. Don't we have the right to bring a believing wife with us as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do, and as Peter does? Galatians 1, 19. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. James and Jude. It's interesting that both James and Jude, and he calls himself Jude rather than Judas, that was in, um, Jesus' brother probably because Judas, uh, Judas Iscariot, so he calls himself Jude. Both Jesus' brothers did not refer to themselves as such, but, but as servants of the Lord. And James 1 starts his letter. Um, this letter is from James, a slave of God and the Lord of Jesus Christ. And Jude starts his with, this letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Neither of them take advantage of the name-dropping clout as they could have. They were all considered saints. However, the saints of the Bible were just believers. And if you click on over to my blog, I have another podcast that I did about who are the saints in the Bible. Well, there you have it. Mary, the mother of Jesus, her biography as it appears in the New Testament. Anything else is false teachings. Venerating anyone else besides Jesus Christ is idolatry. In the next few posts, I will be uncovering the truth about when and where the Roman Catholic Church started putting Mary above Jesus. I pray that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to recognize the truth. Salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. And if you're not sure if you're saved or not, you can click into the show notes and there is a prayer that you can pray here. All you have to do is believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Or you can click on over to my blog, and there I also have your next steps in your new walk with, uh, with Jesus. Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Are you ready? Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is, is through Jesus Christ only. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, Version Bible app and Through the Word. We are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, but know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. There is an urgency to spread the good news of the true salvation of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 to 22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Folks, Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.